You're listening to audio from Crossroads Community Church, located in Fogelsville, Pennsylvania. If you want to learn more about C3 and what it is about, you can visit us at c3lehigh.com. And now, for today's sermon. Are you ready for the message this morning, church? Everybody still love Jesus? Everybody still excited and believing he's going to do something? Amen. Hey, we're continuing our series 2021 Vision. 2021 Vision. Over the past couple of weeks, as I've stated, typically my messages, I like to cater them in such a way that um, no matter where you are in life, it's a message that speaks to you, whether you're visiting us from another church or you came with a family member and you're only here temporarily. I like to have messages that will speak to categories of those who are rooted here and those who are just visiting. Um, but today it's a little bit different. This series is specifically talking about what we believe God is doing in this house house. Our desire is to make a global impact. There's no doubt about that. When Jesus said, go into all the earth and preach the good news, that was a global mission. But we also recognize that in order to have a global impact, we must first have a local impact. And so today we're talking about what this body, C3 Church, can do locally. Our mission statement, I want to reiterate it uh, even over the next couple weeks um, that we've just gone through. We've stated this mission statement, and I plan on doing it for the next couple uh, weeks. C3 Church exists to reach those who don't know Christ and build up those who do know Christ by fulfilling the Great Commission. It's why we're here. It's why we come to church on Sundays. It's why we attend discipleship classes. It's why we are rooted in the body of Christ, because we desire to reach those who don't know Christ and build up those who do know Christ by simply fulfilling what Jesus told us to do. Is this making sense this morning? Our next core value for this week is this. C3 Church, at C3 Church, we welcome everyone. We're a welcoming body. It's a part of when somebody defines us, when somebody describes, hey, you know that church over there in Fogelsville? They're the most welcoming people. We hope that they will describe us in that manner. We welcome people into our church, absolutely. But let me be clear that being the welcoming body of Christ starts outside of the church. Can I hear a good amen this morning? It looks a little odd whenever you and I are friendly in the church and then we go outside of the church and it's kind of like we're glaring at people and mean mugging people. Have you ever been to the grocery store and you were making a grumpy face and you caught eye contact with somebody? It doesn't feel too friendly, right? You kind of look and it's like, oh, I think that person just challenged me to a fight. We hope that outside of the church that we would be friendly, that we would be expressing the joy of the Lord. And all too often, especially in our political climate and what's happening in our nation, it's kind of like when you meet a Christian, they're like, hey, hey, you, let me tell you what's wrong with our nation. That's not exactly welcoming. And so we hope to be a welcoming body of Christ, not only in the church, in these four walls when we come together, but also in our daily lives. Then we transition from being welcoming outside of the church by having a welcoming conversation, a welcoming invite to church. We transition from that to being the welcoming body of Christ here on this property. Romans chapter 15 verse 7 says this, and just a heads up for those who are taking notes this morning, I'm going to be hopping around a few different scriptures. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. Likewise, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 9 says this, Show hospitality to one another. And I love this next part. Any volunteers to read that out loud? 
show hospitality to one another without grumbling. Why did they say no grumbling? Well, first we have to put our shoes and those who are being taught during the biblical time, the biblical timeline. There was a lot of persecution being faced in the church. And when you invited other Christians over, it meant that you could be caught. It meant that you could face prison time. By you and I welcoming other people that we don't know their true intentions. When we invited people, then we didn't know if they were following Christ. Because after all, we're, we're called to show hospitality to everybody, not just Christians. Come on, somebody. It meant that you invited an outsider at your table, and I don't know what this outsider's intentions are, but I'm called to be hospitable to them. It also meant during biblical times, as many of you know, it meant that there were no grocery stores. It wasn't as easy to obtain the different items that we often go to the grocery store for in order to entertain people at our house. It was a little bit more challenging to offer meals to people. It meant that you had to work at gathering food, let alone to offer that food to somebody else. And yet there's these beautiful words that says, you know what, I know that it's going to cost you something, but don't give me attitude about it. And anybody who's raised kids in here, you know what this is like. I don't want my daughter to follow my instructions reluctantly. If my daughter, Caden, um, she's getting to that age now where she's just kind of testing out. Every once in a while, she gets this, this craving to test out and see if the line is still written in the sand where it was. And whenever I tell Caden, I love this little girl. She has a personality bigger. I, I don't know how her personality fits into that little body. And Caden's, and you know, there's, there's these, these days where she tests out the line. You know, did, did dad really want me? to behave in this manner? And the answer is inevitably yes. But Cadence, my, my point is this, is when I tell Cadence to go clean up her toys, I don't want her to go, oh, fine. And if she does do that, we're, there's going to be consequences, lovingly. But I want Cadence, I'll say, I'll look at Cadence and I'll say, hey, hey, no, 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 come back here. And she'll come back and I'll say, try again. And she'll go, <clears throat> yes, dad. All right, she got it that time. My point is this, is that Christ doesn't just want us to be obedient and be grumpy. He wants us to lovingly submit to his ways. He's concerned about the attitude in which you serve him in just as much as he is the actions that you're displaying to those around us. So when he says to be hospitable, it's not this reluctant, but it's that I love my father. And out of my love for him, I do what he says. And he wants us to have an attitude that reflects that. So that's why this scripture is so beautiful. Don't just do what I say, but have the attitude and behavior that I'm asking you to have as well. Does this make sense, church? 
Thanks, Jack. So good to have you back, Jack. Oh, my goodness. I told Jack, I said, you know, Jack, I texted him this morning. I said, I got to let you know, normally Jack cuts my hair. And I said, I cheated on you, Jack. I got to let you know. I said, a friend of mine who's a barber over in Hamburg, I said, I, I, I went to him and I wanted to tell you because Jack's Italian. And I said, I know you're connected. <laughs> and I didn't want to wake up with a horse head in my bed. <laughs> you know, Jack, he said... Uh, It's good to have you back, Jack. Praise God that you're feeling alive and dangerous, right? Amen. 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 (laughs) Christ is concerned about the attitude in which we serve him in. So he says to be hospital, hospitable, do it without grumbling, do it without complaining, do it without having this reluctant, Lord, do I have to? And can I just say, let's not make God repeat himself. It infuriates me when, when, I, have, when, when I give direction to my child and I get, you know, she's learning, but it infuriates me that much more when we're grown adults and we're making God repeat himself time and time and time again. When if we just would have listened the first time, we would have seen the fruit a lot sooner. There was a family growing up that I'll I'll never forget. They showed me hospitality that just forever changed my life. And I, I was probably 12, 13 at the time. And my older brother, I'm the youngest of three, which means I'm my parents' favorite. And my older brother had grown really connected to this family. And he was probably 16, 17 at the time. And he said, you know, he, he goes, this family invited you over with me. He was friends with their kids and said, do you want to come along? And he goes, I'm telling you, they're, they're the friendliest people you ever meet. Absolutely. And so this family was a, a little bit redneck, my people. And we show up to their house and they aren't there yet. And I'm looking at my brother and I'm like, is this okay? And he goes, yeah. He goes, we got to go inside or they're going to yell at us, man. If we don't go inside to make ourselves at home. And I'm like, okay. And this is just so weird to me, this kind of comfort the first time, right? So we walk up to the door of their house and I'm looking for a hide key and the door's open. And we walk in and I go, is their door always open? He goes, yeah, because everybody in the surrounding area knows if you break into this house, you'll get shot. Okay. <laughs> Glad we called ahead my people. And so we walk in and in my brother, Ben, he looks and he says, this family's going to be home any minute. He goes, Jimmy, the, 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 the dad, he goes, Jimmy, if, if we don't have a drink in our hands, he's going to get mad at us. So we go upstairs and we help ourselves to his fridge and pull out God's anointed popper, also known as soda, Coca-Cola. And we grab a couple of Cokes and we go downstairs and my brother looks and he says, if we don't have a bag of chips in our hand, Jimmy's going to get mad at us. And I'm like, this is so weird. <laughs> so we grab some chips and sure enough, the truck pulls in the driveway and 
Jimmy comes in, and the first thing he says, he looks, he goes, did you guys get drinks? Yeah, yes, sir. Did you guys get chips? Yes, sir. All right. (laughs) And so Jimmy, he looks at me, and he goes, and I'm intimidated because this is a big, burly mountain man. Jimmy just looked like he could kill you if he just looked at you the wrong way. And so he, go, he looks and he, a little bit of a, this was near West Virginia, so a little bit of the accent, which I just love to this day. And he looks and goes, Donnie, now you go take a seat right there. And I sit down and he goes, now you tell me, which one of those little girls in church do you like? <laughs> I'm 12 years old and I'm freaking out at this guy. And he looked and he knew that at the time I had an interest in his niece. And he looks at me and he goes, wouldn't happen to be. And he says her name. And I'm just petrified. (laughs) He goes, you showed up to my house. You got some pop. You got some chips. You're all right. For the next couple hours, I was shown a just comfortable, it's nice to have you here hospitality that was so foreign to me. And later on in that evening, this family had a a private pond in the back and we went out and did some fishing. And I just remember being in awe of their welcoming attitude. I didn't have to earn it. I literally just took off my shoes and went right on into their home. And anytime I read a scripture about showing hospitality, I think of this family, the Mershots, and how they didn't grumble. And you know, this family was so known in the church for welcoming outsiders in. And friends, you and I are called to show that kind of mentality. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to prove it. I see humanity in your life because God created you. Therefore, why don't you come on in? And I want to be I want to be clear about this. Being a welcoming church is intentional. It doesn't just happen out of coincidence. And we can't assume that it's happening. We can't assume that the greeters are covering all the bases, that the kids workers are covering all the bases. We can't assume that being a welcoming church is other people's responsibilities. Can I hear an amen this morning? We can't just assume that it's happening, but it takes intentional effort. We can't assume that people who might be some newer faces to this church are feeling welcomed. And I just want to say this. We can't assume that the greeters will handle it because ultimately, if you call yourself a Christian, you are a church greeter. If you bear the name of Christ, congratulations, you are now a C3 greeter. It's what we're called to do. As the body of Christ. As a matter of fact, Jesus said, he said, by this they will know that you are my followers and how you love one another. And a part of being loving means that you are being welcoming. When people visit the church, and this is a true statistic, they will decide in the first 10 minutes whether they will ever come back again. People will decide how they feel about this church, how they feel about the body of Christ, maybe even how they perceive Christ. 
in the first 10 minutes that they are on our property. Let me, let me break this down a little bit more. Before they ever hear the pastor preach, before they ever see our awesome announcement video, in the first 10 minutes, they will decide whether they are coming back here or not. That means that we have 10 minutes to show Christ-like hospitality. Before people even get into the building, we want them as C3 Church to feel welcomed. We want our property to preach its own message. Let me discuss for just a few moments how we're going to do that, how we're going to continue to do that. We welcome everyone. This is how we're going to fulfill our vision statement. We welcome everyone by making the property guest-friendly. We do not want to give the impression of being insiders. Here's how our property can preach to those of you who may be newer. You probably know this to be true, but here's how our property can preach to guests. A couple weeks ago, the Acts 2 ministry team and I, um, who, who are part of this program on setting out a plan for growth in our church, um, we kind of had a secret shopper come here in a way. And Jason Torville, whenever he came here, he also gave me some feedback on uh, what we can do to the property. Jason is a pastor who's out of our district uh, governance office. And so Jason shows up and he said, you guys have an insider door. And I'm kind of looking at him, I'm like, okay, God bless you. Did you just sneeze? What is that? And so he looks, he says, you have an insider door. He goes, I had no idea that this door up here was the main entrance. He said, I saw everybody going in down there, so I followed the crowd. He said, and then I end up in the kids' ministry area, and I wasn't sure where to go. And so Jason starts breaking down how our property speaks a message. So we've taken a few steps over the past couple weeks to correct that insider area. And I'll get back to that in just one second, but here's here's what I want to say. By preparing the property for guests, we are doing two things. We are accomplishing two things. First, we're being considerate of others. Philippians 2 verse 4 says this, Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also the interests of others. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 24 says this, Let no one seek his own good, but the good of his neighbor. By having a guest-friendly property, we're being considerate of those And making sure that they don't feel like they are on the outside. I'll get to the second function of making the property guest friendly in just a second. But Mark chapter 2 verse 13 says this. While Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples. For there were many who followed him. When the teacher of the law, who were the Pharisees, saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said to them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but the sinners. By us making the property guest friendly, reason number two is we are setting a place at the table for guests. We are opening a seat for guests. Just like Jesus sat at a table that welcomed everyone, we hope to accomplish the same as a church. A few steps that we've taken with this is 
we've put up signage indicating where simple things like restrooms, classrooms, and nursery, and so on and so forth are. You'll see that new signage out in the lobby downstairs, and that's something that we continue uh, to head towards. And if you're new with us and you have some feedback, please let me know. We have some outdoor signage letting people know what two entrances there are because we don't want any insider's entrance. In the near future, we'll be adding visitor parking spaces closest to the door to show people, if you're new here, we value you. These things speak a message that we as the church are considerate of others and that we have a place at the table for you. We welcome everyone by making a great first impression. This is a goal of ours. And the reality is, is that I, as the pastor, I do not get to make the first impression. You do. And it always cracks me up whenever I hear somebody who's, who's new into ministry and they want to serve to a certain capacity and they look at their ministry and they say, you know, I want to start out somewhere small, greeter ministry. And I have to laugh because I'm like, you have 10 seconds to get, or 10 minutes to have, to hand somebody the impression of our church and they'll decide whether they ever come back or not. Okay. 10 minutes. I don't get to make the first impression the body of Christ does. Each and every one of us do. How do we make a great first impression? Proverbs chapter 17 verse 22 says this, A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. Have you ever been around somebody who just kind of wears you out? Don't point to your spouse, please. Or your kids. But have you ever been around somebody who nothing ever seems to be going well in their life? Hey, how you doing? Horrible. Oh. Beautiful weather we're having, right? It's too hot. Maybe it's clouding. There's a little bit of overcast. It's a little chilly in the air. And you're like, I got them. It's the perfect day for this miserable person. How are you doing today? How's the weather? It's too cold. There's just some people, their perception is skewed. We'll leave it at that. Make sure that we're not people. In a frustrating time when it seems like the Christian church is facing a lot of pressure, not persecution yet, but pressure, make sure that we're not drying up people's bones. When they talk to Christians and all they get is political stances and frustration and this is what's wrong with our country and this is, that's all, that all may be very true. But let's make sure that we're also expressing that following Jesus is a joy. Come on, somebody. The world has enough negativity. We don't need to add to that. A cheerful heart is how you and I make a great first impression. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 13 says this, A happy heart makes the face cheerful, but the heartache crushes the spirit. So secondly, display your cheerful heart on your face. There's different Sundays where I challenge you and I say you look grumpy and I say that tongue in cheek. <laughs> If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, display it on your face. 
Nobody wants to hear the message you have if you're kind of like, let me tell you about Jesus. <laughs> you want to come to church? No. <laughs> if it's full of people like you. <laughs> if you're happy about Jesus, then just show it. And I'm not saying fake it. I'm saying have a genuine love in your heart for Jesus and just reflect it. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11, Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up, just as you are doing. Third reason, excuse me, the third way that you and I will make a great first impression is when somebody is new here, we don't know where they stand spiritually, but not only are we exemplifying a cheerful heart and we're showing that cheerful heart on our face, but third, we're building them up. Do you know how rare compliments are in our culture right now? You want to give somebody a heart attack? Give them a compliment at the drive-thru window. There was a girl at the most demonic food industry, McDonald's, the other day. And I said it, McDonald's equals demonic. Um, But there was this girl, I'm kidding. And so there was this girl... There was this girl at, at the window, and my wife is so much better at, at me than this. I'm so like, when I'm at the drive-thru, I'm thinking of all that's coming that day or in planning, and Kylie's just kind of like, hi, how are you? And so Kylie's sitting there, and she's like, hey, how are you today? And the girl's like, I'm doing all right. She's like, hey, I just want to let you know, you're really kind, and it's refreshing. The girl was stunned. And she looked at me kind of like looked at Kylie and I as if we offended her. She's looking and she's like, thank you. (laughs) Build one another up. You want to make a great first impression? Have a cheerful heart for serving Jesus. He cares about the attitude in which you serve him in. Secondly, show it on your face. And third, Build them up. We're going to make a great first impression by having ongoing training with our greeters, and we will equip our greeters with new ways to meet our visitors' needs. Worship team, would you come? An example of this is with our greeter ministry, something that we're going to be rolling out in 2021 is when parents come through our front doors, and y'all know this is true, it looks like you just went through war. Got kids hanging off you, bags hanging off you. Maybe if it's a really good day, one of your kids just threw up or something. And now you got to take care of that. Maybe a little accident happened because you looked bored getting the family together. And y'all walk through the door and it's like, it's hard to show the joy of the Lord when you just faced a battle with the kids. And if some of you are sitting here today as parents, you're like, no, not me. Get out. We are real here. And so something that we're looking to train our greeters with is helping parents from that door or that door into the classroom. Whatever we can do to make it easier for you parents when you come to this property. Another thing that I would love to see is is volunteers walking over to the cars to help parents. My goodness, get your kids out of the harness 
like they're in an F-16 out of the car and simply help you and your kids to your classroom, whatever we can do. We want to make a great first impression because it's a reflection of Christ-like character. We also look at nailing down our follow-up process where those who may be new to our church will get a card. They'll get a call from a ministry leader or myself. And on that phone call, we hope to connect with our guests and invite them to a Wednesday night gathering where we can tell you about who we are as a church. And for some of you, I've gotten reports that this follow-up process, um, some of you, it hasn't worked out. And I apologize for that. This is something that we're going to be nailing down as 2021 goes on. And this leads me to my next and final point with you this morning, church. We welcome everyone by making a genuine connection. And I want to focus on that word genuine for a moment because we've talked a lot about, you know, the behaviors of how we should behave as Christ-like followers, how, how we should behave as a welcoming church. But I want to talk about the reason why we're behaving like this. Authentic love for Jesus. I was at one of my favorite stores the other day where I believe the Shekinah glory of the Lord can be found, Cabela's. Yes, Lord, that was an anointed word. And I'm walking around the Holy of Holies. And there's a salesperson, God bless them that they do this. But if you're in the back right of Cabela's, there's a little like, I, I don't even know what it is. It's a vacation opportunity for you to sign up and win a vacation. But these salespeople, and I know everybody's got to make a living, and I'm not bashing them for this, but I'm just analyzing for a moment. They come over to you and, hey, have you heard about our gift today? And my response is automatically, you know, something friendly like, get behind me, Satan. <laughs> but they offer you this thing, and here's my point. You and I both know that they're not looking for a friend. They're not looking for a genuine connection. They're trying to sell you something. And I want to be clear today. We are not trying to sell Jesus. We are trying to introduce people to him. And there is a vast difference in how you and I approach the gospel between a salesperson in a friend who introduces you to an acquaintance or another friend. Everything that we do, my hope and prayer is that it's done with genuine love for Jesus. Please do not walk out of here today thinking that we're instituting all of this welcoming behavior without focusing on the heart. Everything that we do has to be welcome or everything that we do has to be done in a welcoming manner because our human analysis, our human behavior would tell you, it would teach you and I that if you and I meet somebody who isn't genuine about their connection with us, we don't want anything to do with them. I don't care about what you have to say until I know your heart and your intention. Romans chapter 12, verse 9 says this, let love be genuine. 
Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. In other words, Christians are not called to fake an attitude of love for others. Can I hear an amen this morning, church? There's enough fake outside of these walls. We don't need it in here. We are loving and welcoming as an extension of God's love for us. There's a quote that I heard one time. It said this, Christian hospitality is a reflection of the gospel itself. You need to realize that God will actually use you in the area of being welcoming. And here's my favorite part. As we come to a close, and you guys can play something spiritual. (laughs) When they start strumming those chords, everything gets real. You know it. But here's my point. Here's what I love about being a welcoming church. It doesn't require talent. It doesn't require some kind of extravagant 10-week discipleship class on welcoming. Where I've got to break this thing down. I've got to learn about it. I've got to take a few classes. Maybe draw up a couple things on a few drawing boards. And It doesn't take all of that. It just takes you and I doing it. And it's just such low-hanging fruit. There's some spiritual fruit that you and I have really got to work on. And I'm telling you, I am thankful for my, for my six to seven years as a full-time youth pastor. That was an incredible time. But some spiritual fruit we had, it, man, it was so, that seed was sowed in blood, sweat, and tears to see some students come to know Jesus. There were some stories, and still to this day, I'm praying for some of the seeds that I planted as a youth pastor to grow into something. But with being a welcoming church, it's just such easy fruit. All you have to do is be kind. And I know that this is, this is crazy how basic this sermon is this morning, right? You can admit it. I'm teaching the same things to my toddler right now about being kind to others. But in our world, we have lost it. And I'm talking about the church too. I'm not talking about those who don't know Jesus. I've said it before and I'll say it again. I expect the world to behave and act like the world. But what really infuriates me is the church looking more like the world than it does the body of Christ. We have gotten so aggressive in our opinions and our stances that when we speak to another human being, we actually remove the humanity behind that person. And we no longer see them as a beautiful creation of Jesus Christ. We look at them as somebody, an objective, some kind of like spiritual headhunter. Stop. I don't want any part of that. And I certainly, that is not what I'm preaching about this morning. I'm talking about you and I love Jesus so much that it enables us to show Christ-like love to others. Is this making sense this morning, church? Would you stand with me? It's my prayer and I believe God's desire that we as C3 Church would be welcoming. And a part of being welcoming means that we are inclusive. 
that we include others in what we're doing here. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to jump through all these these crazy extravagant hoops for us to be welcoming and loving. But my hope and my prayer and God's desire is that we as the body of Christ, just like Jesus, where was he found? Who was he found eating with? Sinners. My hope and my prayer for our church is that before I ever get to preach a line of my sermon, that newer people, people who might not even know Jesus, will experience the gospel through a welcoming community. Can I hear a good amen this morning? Will experience Christ-like love before, before Mike even plays a beautiful chord from his awesome guitar. My hope and my prayer is that people will encounter Jesus before that even happens because they've encountered a follower of Jesus. The reality is, is that our world has needs and a lot of hurt. It doesn't take long to recognize that the family unit is under extreme attack in our nation. There are a lot of parents who are here this morning that can attest to the pressure and the uphill battle of raising Christ-like followers in a secular nation. I understand that some of you might be offended by that because you say, no, 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 we're a Christian nation and so on and so forth. And I'm here to tell you that the millennial generation or generation Z is called the first post-Christian generation because when you tell them about Adam and Eve, they have no idea who you're talking about. Parents are facing the battle. There's a lot of needs in our culture right now for young parents. In our world, there's obvious needs, troubles in marriages, difficulty raising kids, stress from the workplace. And some of y'all know that one to be all too real. Stress from trying to handle and balance everything that's being thrown at us. But here's my point as we close. Being a welcoming church is the gateway to meeting these needs. It's the doorway that we walk through in order to see these needs met. At C3 Church, we will love God, love people. And by doing these two things, you and I will inevitably change the world. And as I mentioned, church... The most beautiful thing about this is it doesn't even require talent. Some people have these anointings and these callings that I look at and I'm like, oh man, you were born into that. But then God gives us these other things that any of us can do. Whether you're new to your relationship with Jesus or whether you're like, I've been following Christ now for 30, 40, 50 years. Praise God for that. Anybody can do these things. Would you bow your heads with me as we close? Father, we love you. Lord Jesus, I pray that we would be a church that reflects your character. In a nation that is so bent on removing any resemblance of you, help us to bear the image of Jesus Christ like never before in spite of that. God, I pray that each and every one of us would reflect the Christ-like character of welcoming outsiders in. Lord, help us no matter what kind of day we're having, whether it's one of those great, fantastic days or one of the all-too-real, stressful, difficult days. Regardless, 
Help us to carry the joy of the Lord in our hearts, reflect it on our faces, and build up those around us. Now, Lord, as we leave this place, may we be your hands and feet. We thank you in advance. Lord, we thank you in advance for what a privilege it is to be your hands and feet. Would you empower us, Lord Jesus? Because we also recognize we can't do it alone. Unless you're in it, unless you go before us, like Moses said, we won't survive. So, Lord Jesus, would you take down walls that no man could take down? And lead us into places that no man could lead us. We ask this in Jesus' precious and holy name. And everybody said? And everybody shouted? Hey, God bless you. This is one of those messages where normally we have an altar call or end with a worship song, but today is kind of one of those messages. Let's go out to the world and show the love of Christ. Let's just do it. Amen, church? I said amen, church? Amen. God bless you as you go with the Lord. He's going with you. This has been an audio recording from Crossroads Community Church. If you'd like to get in contact with us or learn more about us, you can follow us on social media at C3Lehigh or email us at info at C3Lehigh.com. We'd love to hear from you.